Can I say Merry Christmas? I didn't get a chance to. Merry Christmas to all of you. I want to thank you all for your prayers, the very nice comments that people were sending me, praying for me. I, I got wrecked uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, sick, and uh, I, was, I was so thankful for Justin. Justin did an amazing job, and uh, I think he was like a 10-year-old kid, and he dressed up as me for ha- uh, Halloween. I think I have a, do I have a photo of that? Yeah, so this is like... This was like prime me, members only jacket, the uh, mustache. That was like 90s Bill and he showed up, kind of felt like I was looking into the mirror. And, uh, I, to, but to think about that kid growing up to have to like on Thursday, I felt terrible. And to say, I am so sorry, but you're going to have to write a Christmas sermon in two days. And he, we had already prepared I basically, we prepared everything that was going to happen. So he had to take my sermon and then make it his own sermon and make it make sense to you. And he did a phenomenal job. And I don't know if you know, so we had uh, over 1,300 people that came to Christmas Eve. It's one of the probably five biggest Christmases we've ever done. Uh, Four services, three kids' services, online viewing, and a partridge parent. All these things we had, just, a, I mean, a ton of things that were going on in this. And uh, I'm so thankful, so thankful for the team. So many of you volunteered in so many ways to make that happen, and I'm so thankful. And so uh, today, today's the actual opposite of this. We're, we're kind of slowing down. We're all together, one service, and uh, it's going to be a little different. So let me prepare you for this. One is um, we're all in here uh, together. So if your kids are in here, I want you to know how it, I spent 20 years as a youth pastor. I do, am not annoyed by them making noise. Don't panic. We expect that this morning. Um, in fact, we're going to make noise together in the service, not just through our singing, but there's going to be two points in the service where I'm going to invite you to actually do some reflecting. And if you're sitting next to your family or someone uh, that you're comfortable sharing with, you can actually have a, mo- a couple, there are going to be two moments where you're going to share in this uh, service. So we're just doing a little something together just to uh, end the year, but also look forward to the new year. We're closing out thinking about this idea of no other names and, and the idea that there is no other name uh, that we will ultimately give all our, our praise to. Um, you know, Christmas thinking through, kind of watching everyone do everything when you're helpless, you realize uh, when you're in the midst of it, you maybe don't notice this, but when you're just kind of helpless sitting there and everyone has to take care of you, uh, you realize how many sacrifices are being made by people. All the, I, I know for many of you, you did a lot of sacrifices to provide gifts. Uh, a lot of you did a lot of sacrifices to host, uh, you just to put on events. Um, a lot of you put in a lot of effort to put it all away now. Those 17 boxes that you use for 20 22 days now have to go back up into the attic. And I know these next days are going to be a lot of effort. But the greatest, um, the greatest sacrifice we know is simply this. And I thought Justin hit it so well. Is thinking about the way that the son of God uh, sacrificed for us. He came into this world for us on our behalf. And Philippians 2 is a, a passage that reminds us how Jesus descended into greatness. Uh, you know, what Justin pointed out was that um, every other religion is about us somehow, some way climbing up the mountain to God or climbing the ladder to somehow reach God. 
But Christmas is the amazing story of God descending. God, we, not us climbing up to him, but the beauty of the God who loves us so much that he would descend, he would climb down to us. Uh, the Christian faith is so different in this way that love comes down. We don't climb up, but he climbs down to us. Jesus is our champion. Jesus enters into our place. Jesus is the one who will uh, serve us and sacrifice for us. Um, this is love. The Bible says not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for us. So here's our final big idea of the year. And uh, it's just beautiful listening to you sing, especially at that last little chorus there. But here's our big idea is that Jesus deserves all our praise. He deserves all our praise that his name is the name above every name. His name stands alone and it stands apart and you might remember that there is a, a moment in which Peter declares these things about the name of Jesus, that salvation is found in no one else, that there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. It, it is his name. His name is above every other name. There is no other name. And so let me, uh, I'm going to read from you from Philippians chapter two. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Philippians uh, chapter two. Uh, if you want a Bible in front of you, it's page 951. Uh, but we'll end our year reflecting together on the name above every name. And in Philippians 2, there's this incredible, uh, whether it was a hymn, a creed, uh, there was something that uh, we, we look at and, and scholars think this, this was foundational to the, the first Christians. They saw this in some beautiful way. But Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father, that there's no other name that you will bow to. There's no other name that you will confess that there is no other name because Jesus humbled himself. And what we know from the scriptures is that when, when you humble yourself, that God exalts you. And Jesus humbles himself. He gives his, himself up. And there's no other name that deserves our praise. There's no other name that deserves our worship like his. So here's, here's what we're, we're thinking about on the final Sunday of 2023. I don't know how you feel about 2023, if it was a good year or a bad year. I don't know if some of you are like, I can't believe the year is over and that we're already gonna be in 2024. Um, but what, what, one of the things I wanna invite you to do is to think a little bit about what has happened in this past year. If Jesus deserves all our praise, one of the, the things that we do in worship is we, we stop and we, we look at what God has done and we give him thanks and we give him praise and we honor him and we worship him and we just remember him. And part of the reason why we remember him is when we see the things that he's done, it gives us confidence to move forward. Uh, we talk a lot about this in our church as kind of a rhythm of how important it is to remember and celebrate. So here's the first thing I want you to think about uh, this morning is that we, we want to learn to praise him for what he has done. We praise him for what he has done. We remember what it is that he has done. And so on the one hand, we look at Christmas and, you know, as you're putting things away, uh, don't put away the thought of 
Jesus coming down for you. Don't put away the thought of Jesus descending into this world for you. Don't put away the thought of all that Jesus has done to bring you to God. Uh, and so here's what I want you to do. I, I want you to think for a second, and I'm, I'm going to invite you to take a moment, and it's going to get a little buzzy in here. And I, I want you to know it's okay to talk in church in this moment, okay? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put on the screen here, but you also have it on your card. There are three questions about 2023. So if you're watching at home, you'll see these questions. They should be coming up on the screen. And here's what I want you to do. If you're sitting with your family, you can do this. If you're, you're here by yourself, if you just want a moment to reflect, you can do this. But here's what I want you to do. I'm going to put a timer up here on the screen. And for the next three minutes, I want you to try to think about these three questions. Think about what is it that the Lord has done that you're thankful for? How have you seen him work in your life? Uh, uh, look at those questions on the card. You should have got a card coming in. If you didn't, well, you can grab one. But even maybe there's something in there. There's one of those things in there that you just realize, you know what, Lord, before this year ends, I just want to give you praise. Okay? So timer's going to start now. Okay? So turn. You can talk to each other. Three minutes. All right. So you got a little, little reflection started. Now, that is only like three minutes, honestly, is not enough time for you really to do enough reflection. But uh, reflecting and being able to take some time, even uh, as my wife and daughter and I sat there doing this, there were some things that came to mind that we've thought of over the year. But I think once we saw it there on the paper, we realized, wow, Lord, you were really good. Uh, that was something we were praying a lot for as a family. And so I want to encourage you to think more about this. Uh, but one of the things I want you to, to understand uh, as we think about this is we want to realize we, we, we think about these things because we see God's faithfulness, okay? So th the, the Christian life is built on two, two things. On the one hand, we have the faithfulness of God. We see the goodness of God. On the other side, we see, we have, so we have, we have uh, a sense of, of God's faithfulness. On the other side, we, we have this sense of hope. We, we have God's promises of what he's going to do. The, the choice now for us is how are we going to live in that in-between place? We've seen God be good to us. We know he will be good to us. So how do we live intentionally between those two points? So here's the second thing. And the last thing I want you to think of this morning is how will you praise him for what you will do? Praise him. We want to not just praise him for what he's done, but we want to praise him for what you will do. I want to think about how our life can be a life of praise. Praise him with what you will do. So I want you to think about the intentional ways in which in this next year, you can praise the Lord with your life, okay? So the, the passage, verses 9, 10, and 11, makes sense to us. God lifts him up because of what happens in the verses before this. And so I've got my, my friend, I got two things to help me out here. So um, our preaching professor at Biola, I'm going to steal an illustration from him, Don Sanukian. Uh, we've got a little ladder here to help us. And I have Jordan French, who's going to help me as well. And uh, I put the ladder on the carpet so if Jordan falls, it won't be that bad, Okay. <laughs> But she is going to help us understand a little bit better what this passage is teaching us about. Uh, now, think about this. When you 
how many of you, have any of you started writing 2024 goals yet? Has anybody written anything? A few of you have stuff. Chances are, if you started to write goals, right, every goal is about you ascending, right? Every goal is about how you're going to be greater, better. It's the year of Bill, right? Like this is, everything is about how you're going to uh, ascend into greatness. But this passage is about uh, Jesus, Jesus does ascend into greatness, all his praise, but we have to understand how he gets to that place. And so in Philippians, if you look at verse five, it says this, it says uh, that in our relationships with one another have the same mindset as that of Christ Jesus. Okay, so as you're thinking about your, your new year, think about how can I think about the new year with the same mindset that, that Jesus had? Well, what kind of mindset did he have? It starts with this idea that Jesus was, uh, it says, who it, being in very nature God. Okay, I want you to climb all the way to the top of the ladder. Safe spot. Okay, right there is good. All right. All right, how's, how's the weather up there? How's it feel? Good? Okay, this... This looks like the relationship between me and your dad in fantasy football. He destroyed me last week. And uh, so I'm in the loser's bracket and your dad's playing for a championship today. All right. So Jordan, you are going to help us understand this idea that Jesus, it says, who being in the very nature God. what, What it means is this, is that Jesus is as much God as the father is God, as the spirit is God. He's not the vice president of heaven. Okay, he's not some lower part of, of heaven in any way. When the angels sing, holy, 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 they sing it to Jesus as much as they sing it to the Father and to the Spirit, right? Everything about him, same essence, same greatness, same glory. He's created the heavens and the earth. He sustains the heavens and the earth. This is, this is why he deserves all praise. Verse 6. But he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Okay, I want you to take two steps down. Okay, Jesus, Jesus makes a move towards us. Uh, Our sin created in this world, death. uh, And Jesus intentionally moves into this space on our behalf. Jesus comes in for us. God sent the son and Jesus empties himself. He comes into this place, uh, into our world. It says that he decides to not use his godness for his own advantage. Instead, it says that he uses it instead for our advantage. Jesus makes a move. He descends down for us to, to bless us. And he makes that move on our behalf. He humbles himself and enters into our world. Verse seven now, notice it says this, uh, that rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Uh, Take two steps down. Okay, so once again, we see him moving. This is our Christmas celebration, right? That we think about Jesus, a king being born, not in the palace, right? But being born in this place where there's no room. He's placed in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. I mean, all the humility of what we see of who he is. All these things that he chooses to become a servant. He chooses to be completely human. He chooses to be full. He's still fully God, but he becomes fully man to enter into our place with us. 
And to become completely human means he felt all our limitations of, of uh, being someone who's fully God. Yet we see the, the uniqueness in this, right? Jesus falls asleep in a boat. He's hungry. He's tired, right? All the things that human life has, he experienced it fully. As we saw a couple weeks ago, this is why he can be so empathetic to us. It's because he knows what this feels like. He enters into this space for us. He's the only one. And think about how different his disciples are. They're just like us, right? That right at the very end, you see his disciples and they're kind of having an argument over who's going to be great among them. Right? Who's going to sit at the left? Who's going to sit at the right? Who's going to be in the positions of power? They're all thinking this way. But Jesus is the only one of all of them who goes over, takes up the basin of water, goes to each of them and washes all of their feet. This is who he is. Verse eight, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Come all the way down to the floor. Uh, how far would you go? How far did he go? What did he do? He came into this world to give his life away for us. Uh, Jesus descends to us. He comes into our place and he takes our place for us. And the cross was humiliating and the cross was torturous. But the cross is where he bore our sin and where he paid for it in full And he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And because of this, we are offered salvation. And because of this, we do not have to perish. He served us so we could know God forever. All of this sets up then verse 9. Therefore... God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Jordan climb all the way back up to the top because this is where God places him and places us in that place. Uh, This is the picture of God exalting him. Not that Jesus starts in this place. But if you could, in your mind, just try to remember sweet little Jordan descending down into this place, remembering that this is what Jesus has done for us. Jordan, give him a wave. Good job, kid. You can come down. Don't crack your head open. We've made it so far. Good job. All right. So here's a picture that I want you to think about. As you begin to think about what 2024 could look like, what could it look like? What could your family life look like? What could your spiritual life look like? What could your uh, personal life look like if you took on the same attitude as Christ Jesus? Uh, I agree with Mitch. There's There's a lot of things that would be great to think of that are probably healthy things to think about for your family. But what would it look like for you to actually take these words of scripture that when you think of other people, take upon yourself the same mindset that Jesus had, who being in a position of greatness descended into the space for us as a servant, as a sacrifice, giving his life. And as a result, God then raised him up to the highest place and gave him that name. This is what we're called to, that those who will humble themselves will be blessed. 
that God will lift them up. And so I want you to think, we're going to think in a moment, we're going to do a moment of reflecting again. Um, what could it look like to take on the attitude of Jesus this next year? And we're going to have you think about this. And, and, and let me just say this. There's a, there's a couple ways that you can think more deeply about this. Um, one book that I would recommend to you if you want to think more about thinking about the next year and plan it the next year. I've really enjoyed the, these last two years reading this book called The Intentional Year by Holly and Glenn Packiam. Uh, they lead over here at Rock Harbor before they were leading uh, in Colorado Springs. A great uh, couple, great pastor, Glenn is. Uh, but really thinking about how do you think intentionally in a, in a posture of worship How do you think about the year ahead and make plans and dreams and goals and pray through that? Um, But one thing I want to encourage us to think about is this. And let me double down on what Amy said is we are going to do a series called Rooted. That's going to start in, uh, we have uh, in two Sundays, we will launch it all together. And I want to encourage you to think about uh, being a part of this. And I want to encourage you to be a part of this because for 10 weeks, there's going to be a season in our church where we are not going to just try to think differently, but we're going to, we're going to act differently. We're going to practice things. This is not just a book to read. It's about us uh, intentionally doing practices that help our life with God grow, help our life with others grow, help our, our ability to serve and to bless people grow. And you can do anything. You can do anything for 10 weeks, okay? All we're asking, it's 10 weeks long. And I will tell you this, if you don't do it, uh, on on uh, Saturday night, the 23rd, right? We had Christmas Eve service and then everyone went out on the patio. So I was, I watched service online and it was fine to watch online. I'm so glad we have the online thing, but I'm alone in my house watching it online. Like I am like seriously going to cry right now. I'm so sad. So I pack my dog into the car. I come over here and all the gates are locked at Tamura. And I'm like, oh man, I find, I drive around into the neighborhood. Finally, I find an opening in a gate and I come in and I bring my, and I'm standing over here at this fence and I'm just standing at the fence watching you all. And I'm just like, they look like they're having so much fun. It was so sad and pathetic. But I do think, here's, here's, the, here's the crude uh, connection. I do think if you don't come with us, you're going to feel like me standing at the gate. Because there's going to be these incredible stories. I promise you, there are going to be some incredible stories that come out. And no matter what, you will find yourself, anything you intentionally do for a period of time, you'll experience growth. Um, I don't want you to be at the gate watching, wishing, and hoping. And so you can stop by. Kim will be out there on the table. Um, she can help you get books. And uh, we don't want any of you to miss out on it. I, I mean, I'm so invested in it. I'm going to lead three different groups. And if I have to lead another, I will. But I know this will be a good thing for us. So here's what I want us to do um, before we sing a final song is I want you to turn once again, turn that card over. And I want you to think about the year ahead. And maybe this is where you kind of say together, I know we've been hemming and hawing and like, I don't know if I want to do this rooted thing, but whatever it is, but maybe one of the things that you'll say on this and commit to is that, hey, let's do rooted. Let's commit to this. But I want you to think about the next year. What practices or habits do you want to develop? What's a risk? Maybe you think your family's being invited to take. 
Is there a special thing that our family really wants to try to do together in 2024? Why don't we turn to each other, take three minutes, go. Go.